This is Saturday Morning Mysteries. And we're your hosts, Alexis and Grace. Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Saturday Morning Mysteries. We're your hosts, Grace and Alexis. And we're so happy you've joined us for yet again another episode, hopefully on Saturday morning. But if you're not listening on Saturday morning, that's okay. Do your thing. Listen whenever. You do you, boo. Yeah, you got that freedom. Uh, I want to start today's episode out with Mm -hmm. a very special shout out. And by the time this episode comes out, a congratulations to our one dear, dear friend as sometimes known as Lenny. Mm-hmm. previously known as Catherine Lennart, but now known as Catherine Bradley for she just got married and congratulations Woo-hoo! Lenny and we love you and we just wanted we to start the show out with that yes. and I guess shout out to your Not husband only- Jack yeah jack jack's cool too yeah we okay sorry we love you too jack hi um (laughs) but yes not only one of our biggest friends not not in size necessarily but in she's actually very tiny uh yeah she's very tiny we but we love her um (laughs) but also one of our biggest fans so hey we love you girl and congrats and probably yeah we're actually as of recording this we just saw you and we're getting ready to see you again soon so Uh exactly Well, All with right. that said, we're here for uh, another Darkwing Duck episode, and this time, well, let's pass it over to Alexis. I am taking the torch, the torch of justice, the torch of liberty and justice, <laughs> to tell this this the tale. The torch of is in duck. like the form yeah. of a duck. <laughs> You're like the little like wooden like mallard ducks, <laughs> just like on fire. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's not a torch. It's just a flaming piece of wood. Grace. I gotta make this story quick. I can't hold on to this too long. <laughs> this is hot a bad potato, idea. Hot potato gone wrong. Yeah. Um, okay. So yeah, we're back though to talk about Darkwing Duck, our favorite crime fighting vigilante bird, I guess. Yeah. Um, and uh, so today I'm gonna I'm gonna preface that today's episode it it involves some. Uh, some situations that became very real uh, not too long actually after the episode aired. So let me back up and say this one came out September 25th, 1991. And it unfortunately kind of was predicting the future, the very near future for this episode and the distant future in the sense that something just last year uh, very similar to what is going down in this episode happened yet again. And it's actually a common theme in the entertainment industry, a common point of concern. Um, so what? <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm, I'm building up a lot. Yes, okay. The Star- yeah. The Starkwing duck episode. Is this it, how you felt real. during my like oil and gas episode of just Probably. like what is happening? <laughs> Perhaps I should have sent you some photos of my face while watching it. I had to rewatch it a few times to be fair too, to like really grasp what all was going on and how like a little too real it was. But let's dive in here. So the title of this episode is Hush, Hush, Sweet Charlatan. And that's actually a reference to an old, like a 60s horror psychological thriller film called Hush, Hush, Sweet Charlotte. Lol. There they wow. go with the names already, which I'm going to totally go and I haven't seen that movie before, but I'm going to go rent it and watch it. It's only like three or four bucks on uh, YouTube nice. or Amazon or something. So definitely going to check that one out. I like cool. 60s 
horror uh, thriller movies. Um, but uh, like I said before, there's a lot of moving parts going on here in today's Darkwing Duck episode. Mm -hmm. Disney was a little all over the place with this storyline. Oh, no. <laughs> a little all over the place. Um, there are going to be some new developments in our overall uh, character portrayal of Darkwing that oh. we're going to learn about in today's episode. Okay. So again, stick with me. Hang on tight. It's going to be a bumpy ride. I'm going to try to get through it as best as I can. All right, great. So before we jump directly into his shenanigans, though, let's talk about um, some current events. Okay. And I'm going to deal with, I'm not going to jump right into the darker current events that I alluded to before. Okay. We'll, we'll get there in just a second. Okay. But we'll start a little bit lighter here. So if you've been watching the news lately, uh, you've probably noticed, and, and by lately, I mean over the, like the last year or so, you've probably noticed that there's been a lot of union activity kind of springing up across yes. the country, right? Recently, Amazon had some uh -huh. news in that area. We've seen Nabisco strikes. We've seen all sorts of John Kellogg, Deere, whomever, John Kellogg. Deere, yeah. So coal uh, industry uh, coal striking. miners, exactly. Yes. Um, we're seeing it all over, particularly as a result of the pandemic. And so I think it is therefore appropriate to kind of pay homage or kind of, you know, speak a little bit about uh, some union activity as yeah. I introduce this episode. I okay. think Grace and I are both generally, you know, we, well, we have certain beliefs on that. I'll leave it at that. But <laughs> I figure this is a good time to maybe pay tribute or Fuck so yeah. to speak to those current events. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> the reason I'm doing that is because in this episode of Darkwing Duck, I believe that a particular union would have been very, very um, on edge and mm -hmm. also involved in the things that were going on if it actually took place in the real world this episode. <laughs> And what union is this? May you speak? How much am I building up to this? I know what union is this? Alfred Hitchcock would be proud with how much I've got people <laughs> on the edge of their seat, right? No, so what union? It's the International Alliance of Theatrical Stage Employees, otherwise known as IATSE. And IATSE, ah, yes. So IATSE is actually it's probably one of the the more successful unions in the country in mm. the sense that you know over the past several decades. Overall union membership among all industries has been in decline. I don't know like the exact numbers, but mm. generally speaking, membership has been going down. But for IATSE, they have been building and building and building and growing in membership in that whole mm. time of decline for other industries, probably because Hollywood just keeps getting bigger and bigger. Yeah. You know, more people are producing films and stuff mm. all over the all over the country. So anyway. IATSE, it was founded in 1893, so it's very old, over Damn. well over 100 years old, almost 130 years old, and it represents more than 150,000 live theater, uh, motion picture, television production, and trade show, like Whoa. You know, technicians and boom operators, camera crew members, like it's, it's all the people, quote unquote, behind the scenes Got of it. any sort of production. Um, even apparently theater ushers <laughs> in some cool. cases. So like when you go to a Broadway play or something, like the person who's like taking you down to yeah. your seat, like they are likely represented by IATSE. Wow. And IATSE actually, they um, they recently threatened to have a strike yes. just last year in October. Yeah, a yeah. lot of people probably heard about this on the news as well. Yeah, I didn't and, realize that this was the yeah. name of the union. Yeah, I just remember yeah. <laughs> 
all the horrible conditions that crews have to exactly deal with constantly. Because these these crew members, like I think people don't really always appreciate how much goes into live production. Um, like crew people can be on on set like doing a shift for like 13 hours a day. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, they have to be up at the ass crack of dawn. It'll be freezing cold. And then they're there all day running around doing things. And then sometimes they have like two hours in between shifts before mm-hmm. they have to come back and then get right back to it. It's very demanding work. And honestly, with our the way society is now, and even during the pandemic, like stuff didn't really slow down that mm-hmm. much. There, it just people want content constantly so things are always being filmed Mm. you know new shows are always in production and these workers were like legitimately stressed and so look i'm not (laughs) i'm not a union or a a union expert or an expert (laughs) you're not a union in among yourself i am not a union i am i am a unitary one person (laughs) not a union collectively (laughs) um but anyway, so yeah, I'm not an expert in any of this stuff. I just like read about it mm. and all of that. But from what I understand, whenever a union wants to go on strike, there are like multiple votes that they have to have to mm. authorize it. So maybe like one at the local level and then one at like the national level and then a couple, I don't know, a couple others before they actually are full on like, okay, that's it. We're striking. Mm -hmm. Now, IATSE got through a couple of these votes with the majority. At one point, it was like 98% of members were like, yeah, we need to go on strike. This is not working. But eventually in October, yeah, so I I wrote it down. October 16th, 2021, they were able to reach a tentative agreement with the the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers. Mm. So that strike was averted. You know, which is good because in one way it means that um, all of these workers, they did get at least somewhat of a pay increase and probably Mm -hmm. had a little bit more control of their shifts and their schedules and whatnot. And it also meant that all of our favorite TV shows could continue with mm. production and that yeah. we could all continue and that to be they, entertained. Like, kept getting paid and didn't have to. Uh... Yes, that's what I said the first thing first, because yeah. let's be real, it's definitely the more important thing. But also, <laughs> like, a lot of business does come to a grinding halt when yeah. these theater workers and likewise, you know, with like the Screenwriters Guild, with the even, I guess, I don't know if the Screen Actors Guild has really gone on strike, but when the mm. screenwriters do, that's like when... I think was it tw- it was when we were in high school remember like all yes. of the shows just like stop went off air essentially yeah because screenwriters were striking mm-hmm. they were like fuck it no we're not gonna write so yeah. these are like very very important members of the hollywood you know overall mm-hmm. business like, model and li- honestly literally not- show business can't exist without like the exactly. crews and behind the scenes. they are much more than just the cogs and all of that they yeah. are the creators that literally are able to put things on the screen that we mm. love to watch and enjoy so much so <laughs> what the fuck does Iotsi have to do with this episode you i forgot that we were talking about darkwing <laughs> duck right like i just like- got so excited to talk about unions and i started like literally just my partner just and i were talking about unions like yesterday oh my god i always think of uh yeah another friend of mine who yeah is like uh runs campaigns for you i just this yeah. is a very relevant subject thing. that yeah. I'm just so excited to talk about, but and, I keep forgetting know, we're not a political podcast. Exactly. I, I wish we could talk about it more. Maybe after we're done talking about this Great. episode off camera, we'll continue our chat. <laughs> but that little very quick brief introduction on IATSE and strikes and whatnot, labor conditions in the entertainment industry is relevant to today's episode because we're talking about showbiz, baby. <laughs> 
That's showbiz, baby. I wish I could say we're going to Hollywood or Tinseltown, but they're obviously still just in St. Canard. Apparently it's a big (laughs) film area. Who knows? St. Canard's got it all, apparently. They do. Um, But unfortunately, before I dive into the showbiz, I do, as I mentioned before, have to talk about now the uh, more you know, depressing, darker current events that are also related to this, both to IATSE and to this particular episode of Darkwing Duck. So now I'm bridging a gap with okay. an unfortunate subject. Okay. So trigger warning, y'all. You may remember recently, uh, only just in October of last year, actually, like about a week after IATSE reached that agreement. Mm-hmm. There was unfortunately a deadly accident when a prop gun was fired on the set of the movie Rust, killing killing cinematographer Halimia Hutchins. Unfortunately, the gun was fired by Alec Baldwin, and this Mm -hmm. happened in New Mexico. Now, during the filming, during the filming. Yes. Now, I'm not going to go into, you know, what all happened because there's just, there's so much to that story and it's, it's being argued as a negligence case and negligence is just, there's so many moving parts to it. There's a lot going on. It's still an open investigation. So I'm just going to very briefly highlight it, but that movie set was already, you know, a great cause for concern by a lot Mm. of the crew members there there were like occupational and work safety grievances. People were, yeah, people were coming forward saying that they had a lot of concerns about the way some of those producers had operated on sets in the past. Mm. And essentially um, Hutchins, the woman who died, she was actually a big supporter of the IATSE strike. So she, mm. she was vocal on social media, being in, you know, in favor of workers on sets and crew members being yeah. treated better and saw that there was more of a need for that in the industry. Mm. So there was another very unfortunate death actually right after you and I were born. Grace, oh. March. Yeah, so now we're going back a bit further. And back history. in time. Uh, only two years or about a year and a half after this Darkwing Duck episode premiered. On March 31st, 1993, Brandon Lee, the son of Bruce Lee, was shot, again, a prop gun that went off on set or malfunctioned, shot in the abdomen while filming as the lead actor in the movie The Crow, and he died from those injuries, only 28 years old. Yes. And now, I don't know you know, what the deal with IATSE, you know, if they said anything, yeah, or I, like, I don't know if there were strikes or anything. It's it's very coincidental that IATSE was about to strike right before the death on the set of Rust. Mm. But with Brandon Lee's death, that was just a whole other time, a whole other period, I'm not sure. But nonetheless, this is all just to say that real danger can come on these movie sets and real tragedies have, Mm. you know, hit movie sets in the past. And there is a lot of concern about workplace safety in the entertainment industry. It's Mm. often been portrayed in like cartoons and old movies as kind of a gag or a running joke, but these things actually really do happen and it can be tragic and it can be a very, exactly. Um, And I know that these aren't the only two cases where this has happened. I know Mm. other people, you know, stunt workers or just other actors in general get injured all the time. Uh, This is not to compare at all to the two, you know, these two folks actually being killed on set, but (laughs) in Django Unchained, 
Uh, I don't know if you've seen that movie. Oh, yeah. But there's oh, there, the okay. Leonardo DiCaprio yeah, scene. Exactly. <laughs> actually fucked his hand up doing that. And wait, I mean, there are say co- what, wait, tell, tell okay. people they haven't seen well, it. Well, <laughs> there's a scene. Okay, you're right. Thank you. All people saw was I us should just, just like assume slam our <laughs> hand down. People listening to the podcast don't we're know that we're clapping. even doing that. Yeah, we're just yeah. clapping weirdly. Like, what? <laughs> so, yes, I guess I shouldn't assume that everyone listening has seen Django Unchained. Um, but you should. There, There's a scene. Leo DiCaprio essentially plays the villain and Oh, you're movie. on a nickname basis with him? Leo, <laughs> me and Leo. Yeah. yeah, it's like that. So he, I don't have time to say all those syllables. So he, there's a scene where he's very upset and furious and he's, they're at a dinner table and he's yelling at his guests about something. I actually don't want to give it away because if you haven't seen it, you definitely need to go watch this movie because mm-hmm. it's one of Quentin Tarantino's best movies. Um, and as he's angry yelling at these people, he's like slamming his hand on the table and Leonardo DiCaprio, full name for you, he <laughs> is in total full on method acting mode, staying in character and slams his hand on a glass that is sitting like a, a drinking glass mm-hmm. or like a whiskey tumbler, I guess, yeah. that's sitting on the table. And he actually smashed it with his hand out of like, acting so angry in that scene it wasn't prop glass it was was a a real real whiskey tumbler glass yeah and we know this because he lifts his hand back up and there's blood all over his hands it was real glass y'all quentin tarantino kept that shot in the movie because he was like no that was the best acting i've ever seen in my life kept acting through it too he kept acting through it he like looked at his hand and kind of like chuckled as he like wiped it a little bit which i'm guessing was ad-libbing because he was not supposed to cut his hand (laughs) but he acted through it and it fit so perfectly into the film so yes this is all to say again even I won't call that a minor injury, but injuries happen all the time on the set, whether it's just because of like the actor getting so into it or just straight up negligence or, you know, mismanagement or just some miscommunication or whatever that leads to even greater uh, repercussions. Yeah. Well, no, I literally just want to like also be involved in naming different accidents that have happened. And there's just a lot that happened during the filming of Lord of the Rings from like broken toes to broken ribs to like, like almost drownings and having to be like rushed to the hospital. Like if you watch Lord of the Rings with someone who like knows all the fun facts, we're going to be really annoying being like, did you know he broke his toe after that scene? (laughs) Ah, you're taking the excitement away from it yeah exactly so (laughs) but yes that's just happen especially with big action movies and uh, all that which the crow and rust are supposed are both supposed to be or Mm. well the crow was Was. came out which yeah by the way like thankfully on i guess brandon lee did finish most of his scenes for that movie but he did not actually finish all of it and so he um they had to rewrite re-edit rework it and this was during the 90s too like stuff wasn't like the technology was not as good (laughs) but it's like it's a super popular movie it made that i think i forget who made it like what studio whatever but it was hugely financially successful unfortunately it was like both his breakout role and his last role i just can't get over 28 years old yeah and you know poor like his whole family uh, it's just yeah that one's so sad and obviously like they all are, yeah. Hutchins. It's yeah, but that's just it's crazy. Again, just the reality of this Dark Queen Duck episode is like very, um, very real. Yes. Which, so like, what damn good Disney is just Disney just really something was happening with like the writer's room in Dark Queen Duck. 
Yeah. I mean, and again, this was a year and a half before The Crow. Mm. Um, But again, it's not like The Crow was the first time someone had gotten killed or even injured on set. So, all right. Here we are. So here we are. Great. This episode of Darkwing Duck, it of course takes place on the set of a major motion picture that has decided to film in St. Canard. Uh, And this this motion picture set is haunted by a number of alleged phantoms that are wreaking havoc and injuring numerous actors and crew members. Also kind of like combining some Scooby-Doo themes here, I guess, too, because we've got like legit phantoms, legit phantoms. So in our previous episodes, we have discussed the numerous successful plots carried out by Fal and uh-huh. these like local level criminals yep. who are clearly just like bankrupting the town of St. Canard. So they are probably thrilled to have this big budget action movie come to town to film, you know, give them some free PR, yep. light a fire under like local economic development and yeah, all that. They need boost. some help, right? Yep. Yeah. So Enter the biggest, baddest, overblown movie series in St. Canard, Space Duck. (laughs) (laughs) I am so interested in this film already. Would watch. (laughs) Much like this podcast, if I do say so myself, this film had it all. It had action. It had adventure. It had history. Everything. But unlike this podcast, in space, because yes, it was a space odyssey, a period piece, and a superhero flick, (laughs) all unneatly packed into one. Unlike this podcast, we pack our things very neatly together. Okay, so we've we've got some similarities and some differences. So, (laughs) and we are not ducks. We are not ducks or any other animals that I will soon be describing. (laughs) So, let me describe this film a little bit more here. The star of, or the lead actress, at least in the film, is a woman by the name of Gloria Swansong. And she's, she's described later on in the episode by LP as a star of stage, screen, and countless deodorant commercials. <laughs> so she, she's big shit, y'all. Damn, she's a big she got deal. a sponsorship. And she's like portrayed, again, female characters getting the short end of the stick mm-hmm. in the show. She's portrayed as like the type A Hollywood elite. Mm. you know very difficult to to work Dita. with and demanding probably has a writer the length of a fucking cvs receipt <laughs> and so you know she's got like tall she's very tall and she has long brown hair and i guess we can assume that she's a swan because of her name, name. but she honestly just looks like all of the other ducks in the show so i'm <laughs> a taller one <laughs> exactly i'm not sure like uh-huh. i don't know Whatever, she's some sort of waterfowl. <laughs> um, and an interesting point of note about Gloria Swan song is that she has been married, according to tabloids, Ooh. 27 times. <laughs> Damn, <laughs> and okay. All, and all 27 of her ex-husbands are now allegedly dead. Oh no, she's a black widow. Apparently. Okay. Oh so, no. So she is the leading actress in this movie. And this movie is being produced by the tiny, high-strung, money-tight ferret in a business suit who uh, is named A.F. 
ferret. <laughs> so a <laughs> hey, ferret. ferret. Which actually he gets pissed when people call him Fer- Mr. Ferret. Like he he blows a gasket. So it's like a running gag in the in this episode as well. DW keeps calling him a f- Mr. Ferret just to, <laughs> literally just to piss him off. Like he knows it's not his name. Um, and Damn. he knows this because the name of the studio that AF Ferret owns is literally called AF Ferret Productions. Got it. And so this is the big budget St. Canardian studio behind Space Duck, Attack of the Teenage Mutant Martian Mallards 12. Oh, like 12. <laughs> 12. Oh, God. Okay. So I'm not sure if it's the 12th attack by the Teenage Mutant Martian Mallards or if it's just the 12th Space Duck movie. I feel like but it's either the 12th way, Space Duck movie. <laughs> I hope so. Because if not, then that means that it's probably actually like the 30th Space Duck movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, so this is the big budget film that's come to town and it is being directed by a man, a, a male walrus okay. known as. Uh, or known by the name of Arturo Tuscarini. Wow. Yeah. How does he walk? Does um, he, he like shoot. up on his like? He's got legs. Thing? Yeah. He's he's not. Oh, okay. I don't, I don't, yeah. He's not like. like yeah. Like mermaiding it. Like yeah, blubbering around. Like <laughs> okay. I don't think. I'm pretty sure he has legs. Yeah. But he's like very big, bellied guy. Has yeah. a like mustache. beard and yeah. uh, he's got he's got like a pencil mustache and like a very thick like almost santa claus beard and oh, like okay. it's interesting interesting combo and he's you know wearing like director's clothes like on set vest and all of that <laughs> um so arturo tuscarnini though turns out he is actually <laughs> tuscarnini which okay let me skip i was going to mention it later but we're laughing we'll about his it. name too much his name is a um parody or a pun of an Italian conductor named Arturo Toscanini. God damn it. They didn't even yeah, try that hard to change didn't that even one. Try. They're like, man, what can we do? Although, I mean, he's a he's a conductor, not a director, but yeah, whatever. Toscanini. Um, wow, that so was yeah. for like the like uh very cultured pinkies yeah. up watchers yeah. of Darkwing Duck. Yeah, because I, don't, I think this guy this guy died long before uh Darkwing Duck ever <laughs> came out. So this was for no. like the grandparents watching Darkwing <laughs> Duck. Perhaps they were familiar with this Me. guy. He actually he was like a very famous uh conductor on TV and in film, Ooh. whatever. But well, no then. one watching Darkwing Duck at that time knew that. Hmm. Um, Same. So, I still barely knew that. Go on. I, I know I learned it for writing this episode. <laughs> um, so Arturo Tuscan- Tuscarini, damn it. It's going to be like Jay Gander D- Hoover. I him Jay- yeah, I'm going to keep now calling him by the real world name. We, got, we um, get the picture. Exactly, you get it. Turns out though, he is a longtime foe of Darkwing Duck. And I'll, I'll get into all of that later. Okay. But as it turns out, time and time again in the past, before this episode, uh, many of his villainous schemes were foiled by Darkwing Duck. Mm. And they have a long history, apparently, of batting heads, of Tuscarini being sent to prison or, you know, wherever getting locked up because oh. he's always stopped by Darkwing Duck. And so after Wait, so he's many the director t- of this film? He's the director of well, this classic movie Hollywood. Because, because after so many times being locked up he decided to abandon his life of crime in exchange for a life 
and cinema. And okay. And so apparently he was actually an actor like before he started a life of crime. So there is like a connection there. Apparently they don't get all into that in this episode, but there, it's not like he just randomly was like, Oh, what can I do now? Oh, I'll be a Hollywood director. (laughs) Like, no, he actually was an actor at one point before as well. Um, so anyway, yeah, this guy, he's like very overdramatic. He's pretty arrogant. Like he's always the way I just said, like director and actor, like that's how he talks all the time. It's very annoying. And I'm not sure if this is always the case with Tuscanini, but at least in this episode, he's accompanied by three uh, little like evil penguin henchmen. Who are all adorably wearing so like cute. red bow ties. Yeah, they're so cute. But they also are like also always like looking very evil, which actually makes them look even More cuter. Cute. Um, <laughs> yeah. So so that is our director, I guess. Okay. And you could you could call the um you could call his henchmen like the PAs, maybe the production assistants <laughs> or like maybe the cinematographers. They do yeah. some camera work every now and again for him. Great. Um, and then the last person uh, involved kind of with the film production that I'll talk about very briefly is he doesn't really have a name until the very end of the episode. So I'll name him then, but I'll just describe him. He's It's the like head of security or okay. the security guard. He pops up very often because um Early on in the episode, Darkwing Duck, uh, he kind of is like causing some trouble around the set. And so they have to kick him out (laughs) and the security becomes like a very prominent role in like making sure that he stays off of set. So I'll mention him a few times. And so, in fact, the first of these many interruptions to the production, it happens right at the top of the episode. (laughs) So... Okay, like I said, stick with me, y'all. Okay, (laughs) I'm in it. (sighs) Darkwing Duck is cruising around the city of St. Canard, you know, narrating his life as the hero, the caped crusader protecting the streets Mm -hmm. late at night. And he remembers, though, that he, he has one last stop to make before he returns to his lair or wherever. He's got to pick up his daughter from the movies. His daughter, yes, his daughter. Now, this is the first episode we're talking about the daughter. (laughs) But let me just say very quickly. So he's picking up his daughter, Gosselin, from the movies. And as he's on his way to pick her up, he sees what he believes to be a UFO hovering over downtown St. Canard. And so he's like, oh, shoot, I got to make a pit stop and go save the day. Mm-hmm. And so he springs into action. He he motors over to this alien, impending alien invasion, and he literally turns fight mode, <laughs> like cranks that dial all the way up. <laughs> and just it to 11. All, all the way. So just like kicking the shit out of these like Martians that are on the street, like oh, no. literally going bonkers on uh-huh. them. And he's, you know, feeling himself like, look at me saving the day from this Martian invasion until he hears a very loud cut. Oh, no. (laughs) Yes. Darkwing Duck has just assaulted an innocent actor (laughs) actor who was just playing his role as a Martian alien invader attacking Space Duck on the streets of wherever Space Duck lives. (laughs) And so Darkwing, he obviously he realizes that this is a film set. 
and um, that he has unfortunately just interrupted what was probably a very expensive, like second unit action packed battle scene with the main hero. And uh, Tuscanini is furious. He's like yelling at him like, what the fuck are you doing? But before we jump back into that, Let's rewind to the part where Darkwing Duck has a daughter. Right. And okay. like he hasn't picked her up yet, by the way. <laughs> it's not the well, here's the thing. He finds out that she is actually on the movie set. Um, I'm gonna get to that in a second. But <laughs> I I just I'm sorry, I can't skimp past the fact that Darkwing has a daughter. Now she is an adopted daughter. Yes. Um, again, her name is Gosselin. She is also a duck, you know, but she's uh she's got like red hair and pigtails. Mm-hmm. Um, she's very young and very annoying, uh, (laughs) AKA she's nine and she's like a spirited spunky. Honestly, she's like a little tomboyish, like very, uh, intelligent young girl. So I think really for me, it was just the shock of learning that DW had a daughter. Cause Mm. again, I did not watch the show that much growing up and Either I forgot about her entirely or I never really saw any episodes with her in it because she's not in every episode. Yeah. Well, and of rewatching now, the first two episodes that you can't get on Disney Plus are the story in which she comes to his life. Yes. So that's also probably part of your confusion. It is. That would have been extremely helpful. Basically a long story short of like, her like grandpa basically her like whole family was murdered by foul and like dw oh. like saved her type of thing gotcha Foul was trying to kidnap her so thus i think why she knows who dw is yeah. that's why he ended up adopting her so like and her so family she... has ties to yeah all of that stuff so. gotcha but but anyway i'll quickly add to that she is typically accompanied by her buddy honker honker muddlefoot he is also a nine-year-old bird of sorts i think Mm -hmm. google said he was a duck but he definitely has like a chicken beak so again i don't know tbd or probably not tbd (laughs) never determined tb indeed (laughs) um so back to our story yes um So Gosselin and Honker, they are very obsessed with the Space Duck franchise Mm -hmm. and her Honker and LP Launchpad McQuack, they are, they were actually on the set watching production. Yeah. I guess, yeah, you can just have like audience members just standing behind a little fence, which I mean, they did used to do that sometimes. Filming is way different now and fans are way crazier now. Mm -hmm. So can't quite do that. But anyway, they're, they're all just like sitting there watching actually as this movie was being produced. So they also weren't at the movies so maybe dw is not the best father because he does not know the whereabouts of his child and it's yeah seriously sheer luck that she ended up being at this place where he thought an alien invasion was going down so anyway you know they try to calm dw down after he assaults (laughs) the actors on Uh set interrupting the filming telling him like no dad like this is the space duck film set you know we're actually just here watching you need to like calm down and mm-hmm. stand behind this fence if you want to stick with us and you know up until dw crashed the set of this movie production was actually going like pretty well it was okay. off to a relatively smooth start 
you know, I mentioned there were some big budget scenes in the works mm. and the studio, you know, they were probably operating in the red a little bit to get this <laughs> movie out. But AF Eric was pretty confident <laughs> that AF Eric. Ferret. Ferret. <laughs> he, was, he was generally like optimistic that they would make enough money. You know, the movie would at least break even on, you know, all of that and the studio would be okay. But literally, as soon as DW arrived, everything began to crumble. Oh, no. And a series of horrifying crimes just started to plague the film set. <laughs> so it started, obviously, with his assault and his mm-hmm. ruining that very expensive scene, which I guess I could only take one take of or get you got one take of. To have a UFO <laughs> flying through hey, the city. Like, it's, yeah. it's tough. Yeah. You got to you gotta get permits with the FAA and with your local like council. Yeah. Probably the you county know, had to get yeah. involved. Yeah. It's thing. a lot. I get it. I get it. But damn, a lot of money wasted. Yep. So, um, <laughs> this, oh, <no>. sorry, it's, <laughs> it's so oh, funny. No. It's not, it's not funny. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that because this is where it relates to the real life shit. Uh-oh. After. <laughs> we manage things with laughter. It's okay. Yeah. Thank you. This is our coping mechanism. Uh-huh. So, and again, this is a year and a half before the crow. Mm-hmm. DW is pulled behind a fence, you know, Tuscanini yells at him saying, you need to be quiet on set. <laughs> and he like keeps interrupting as well because the lead actor is awful and it's space duck. So he's playing a hero uh-huh. and DW is like, well, I am a hero. So I know. Oh no. And he's like saying, you know, no, are you kidding me? Like, don't read your line like that. He's calling cut from the sidelines and all. it's just <laughs> chaos. They, everyone's confused and like, yeah it's just it becomes chaotic on the set and they get back to filming and a martian fires a gun at space duck and shoots him and we don't know if space duck dies the the actor playing space duck dies but he is you know like it's an emergency situation he's carted off the oh my god they like show like the gun go off and then show like an ambulance (laughs) i can't remember if they show the ambulance because grace when the gun goes off i always get so distracted by that (laughs) what happens is this poor supporting character who's just playing a martian and like this alien military suit he fires this in all of the chaos of you know dw screaming yeah director screaming yeah yeah, af ferrets on set and he's like yelling because dw fucks shit up too like it's it's chaos everyone is mad tired it's late yeah and this poor supporting actor shoots the gun off and you see just like it you know smoke goes off in front of the actors the lead actor's face and the supporting actors like oh goodness this <laughs> gun was loaded it's just like he says it in the weirdest voice and it's, it's like so a grandma bad. yeah <laughs> it was, i don't even know how to describe it but it's so bittersweet because it's so funny but it happens after such a very bad thing (laughs) so comedic timing um i'll say it's perfect actually because i have an inappropriate sense of humor but anyway so that's the first um we've got a full-on injury again i i can't remember if the lead actor was uh murdered but he's gone 
he's off the set gone. great and at, and at this point um you know everyone's like well how the hell did this gun get loaded and mm. dw decides all right time to launch a full-scale investigation obviously something wrong must be going on on this set if it's tuscarnini who's behind the film Uh-oh. right so he's he's starting to like put some pieces together yeah but meanwhile tuscarnini is like are you kidding me like i'm just trying to get this film done right, like i, I turned over know, a new leaf exactly right. i left my life of crime behind me i'm an I'm a director, director. who just loves the cinema and I just need <laughs> to see this film being completed. AF mm-hmm. Eric's pissed off. Like now we got to recast people. I'm going to yeah. lose so much money. Whatever. True. Mess is just, yeah, it's crazy. So DW is like, all right, well, Tuscarini, you're still my prime suspect, but I am going to take the liberty to investigate this crime. But he's kicked off of set. The security guard comes in because again, he's just he's just been interrupting left and right over and over again. And so I think it might be the next day because then it's light out. He, okay. you know, everyone's gone. He sends like Gosselin and all of them home. And he and Launchpad decide that they need to sneak back onto the set to do some more investigating. Okay. And so to do this, they essentially, you know how studios have like, or at least when you think of like Hollywood studios mm-hmm. from back in like the 60s and stuff, they have like those high walls or whatever outside of them. Oh, yeah. You know, it's whatever, like Studio City or whatever. Yeah, yeah. He essentially like pole vaults or whatever <laughs> over <laughs> the wall. To sneak back in, like not sneaky whatsoever. Yeah. And even less sneakily, he's like yelling. Of course. A classic, a, a classic uh His entering DW entering line. Uh-huh. He says, <clears throat> I am the terror that flaps in the night. Mm-hmm. I am the hair in the lens of your projector. <laughs> I am Darkwing Duck. And again, he's like yelling this. So not really sneaking in. Everyone knows but- you're here. It works. And meanwhile, LP is like scaling and climbing over it. Oh, poor LP. And he's just like, DW, why do we have to come in this way? He's like, because I got kicked out, dude. I can't just like walk can't in. Just walk in. <laughs> yeah. So they, uh, you know, trick their way past security hmm. and back onto the film set. And they go to the area where things are currently being filmed. And so meanwhile, while they're sneaking in, we see Eret. AF Eric mm-hmm. <laughs> in distress. He's like in his office or, you know, reviewing the tapes and everything, like absolutely livid that, you know, his production company may go out of business because not only did DW ruin that very expensive scene, but now their lead actor is also either, you know, dead or at least he's, he's out of the movie. Right. They've got to recast. So he's freaking out, you know, mm-hmm. thinking, oh my God, I'm going to have to sell. My company's going to go under all this mm. stuff. We're never going to finish the movie. And we hear him like secretly perhaps in talks to be like low key entertaining offers for people to buy the studio, like amidst oh. all of this. So that's kind of like a background thing that's okay. going on where he's like, Ooh, I may need to just like get rid of this yeah all, get my like, hands all, yeah exactly okay sketchy there's a lot of sketchy people on this there, it's very Go sketchy on. hey hollywood showbiz, that's showbiz baby, baby. <laughs> that's showbiz. i was gonna say hollywood but they're not they're in saint canard and i don't wanna fit well i don't actually care if i offend people in hollywood whatever i think <laughs> it speaks for itself um so anyway through his stellar investigative skills though dw 
he comes across this information as well that Eric mm. is potentially thinking of, you know, selling this production studio. Mm-hmm. And the way that he finds out, it's very funny. He says that he heard it from the former vice president of product production who is now the janitor. (laughs) Interesting. Boy, that guy, he super got demoted. Sorry, buddy. What happened? Um, Maybe that's a bad man. I might write another episode just like imagining the drama (laughs) between that dude and AF Aaron or something and what led him to become the one too many times. (laughs) That actually you just wrote the episode. That's I that's like 95% likely what happened. But they also don't need to do that episode now. They didn't want to fire him so they didn't have to like so they wouldn't have to give him like a severance package. So they just demoted him a fuckload. Yeah, it's like that he has like a couple extra duties outside of cleaning so that it's not like oh no 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 like we call him a janitor but he doesn't actually think he's a janitor (laughs) because like he still has control over like what snacks we have at our meetings (laughs) or like what trash bags we use (laughs) things like that cleaning products yeah yeah so anyway that was um a very funny line that they threw in there yeah so yeah so dw though he finds out this information this perhaps secret business deal that Eric's got going on in the background, but he is actually more interested in rumors that he's heard about Gloria Swan song. Mm. Again, apparently, you know, all of her 27 ex-husbands have died, mm-hmm. but according to LP from tabloid magazines that he read at the he grocery would. store, apparently her first dead husband's ghost is believed to have killed her other 26 husbands. And now he haunts the movie set too, or maybe he just haunts her is okay. probably what they're getting at. So perhaps she's not actually the black widow and perhaps mm. it is actually the ghost of her first husband who is haunting her wow, every movie. Yeah. And so, (laughs) yes, very, like I said, many moving parts here. Mm -hmm. And so DW and LP, like I said, they've made their way, like I said, they've made made their way back to, I don't know why that was a tongue twister for me for some reason. (laughs) Anyway, they made their way back to the set and on to essentially the stage or wherever things Mm. were like currently being filmed. And again, the lead actor, he's gone. So they have now replaced him actually with the very actor who shot him so that very poor oh god the like grandma (laughs) the grandma sounding man um let me know when you watch this episode and just your reaction to his voice because (laughs) it's very funny because he uses it again in a minute and i'm gonna imitate him again because it's very funny so. so this guy he's now been cast or you know replaced or he has replaced the lead actor And he's very nervous, obviously, because he just like possibly killed someone. And also because, you know, he's like, is this movie cursed? Like, is someone going to try to kill me? And I will say as well, you know, the beginning of the movie, like I said, it was a space odyssey. You had a Martian alien invasion Uh going on in the city against Space Duck. Well, now the set is like... um, it's like a renaissance period piece <laughs> you did say there was history involved there's history it's got it all not so neatly tied <laughs> into a package wow um and this actor this actor he's actor. like in full garb like, like with the white wig and everything <laughs> in glorious swan song is too like oh my god busty old like renaissance (laughs) dress dress. yes (laughs) 
indeed w's like wait a minute what happened to the alien stuff and just for <laughs> like stop talking we're it's you know, we're we're filming yeah <laughs> and as they're filming um unfortunately tragedy strikes the film set again when from above camera above the stage mm-hmm. a chandelier falls on the lead actor <gasps> aka the formerly supporting actor aka the one who shot the lead actor also, initially like phantom of the opera shit it is because immediately after the chandelier falls everyone is shocked and looks up and they see a phantom standing above you know wearing a full like brown cloak mm. um his face is covered. I think you just see like yellowy eye or some sort of eyes, I think, yeah. poking out. Maybe. I don't remember. It's mostly just like this brown cloak. Mm-hmm. And DW is like, time to chase. Him. Like, Thank God. <laughs> yeah, he is finally like, okay, maybe. Thank God, another murder. <laughs> Thank God. Now, this guy, I don't remember if he got murdered. Oh, I forgot to, I forgot to oh. imitate him. Sorry. Oh, yes, please so, <laughs> give us a line. Deliver us a line. so as the chandelier is falling he looks up he sees it like coming down towards him and he just says goodness gracious it's <laughs> like that and then it actually goes commercial break it's, it's like very funny <laughs> and then you seem like smushed under the chandelier when they come back good it's good. just his voice yeah so i just said the two lines that that guy has during this entire Which episode is just only but goodness they're gracious. The t- exactly goodness gracious and then yeah goodness gracious this gun was loaded or whatever but yeah goodness <laughs> gracious oh, and um guys. His two lines are the funniest lines of this episode, if you ask me, just because of the way that he delivers the delivery. Go, go, everyone, go watch it. Disney Plus. It's hilarious. Um, anyway, you you will definitely laugh at the sound of this guy's voice. Great. Uh, so anyway, yes, DW, he begins chasing this phantom that just escaped from the from the studio room that they're in. But meanwhile, you know out of time and out of options for casting Tuscanini is like and Ferret are both kind of like um we're gonna need to like actually pull someone in here so DW's chase is unfortunately halted when they're like whoa wait we need a superhero you're a superhero I knew it (laughs) exactly and so Tuscanini's like gassing him up like oh no 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 you'll be amazing you're gonna do so well Hmm. just be yourself you were born for this role and dw the total narcissist he is is like (laughs) you know you're so right i I was born for this and so he accepts (laughs) the role like totally forgetting about his investigation and so he gets to set and gloria is pissed apparently no one filled her in on the fact that he is going to be taking this lead role because she's like um this is the dude who has literally been ruining just about every scene that we've <laughs> filmed so far so uh-huh. why why him but Tess Cronini, he reassures her like it'll be okay he's he's a superhero it'll work out he just has to be himself roll camera <laughs> and so in the scene DW is supposed to be or his character space duck I guess space duck, space duck and you know, the old wild west is supposed to be saving a damsel in distress distress from a burning building. Okay. And he's trying to read through his lines. Kind read through his it's awful. Uh-huh. It's like, jump my love, I will save you. <laughs> like it's so bad. 
Amazing. But anyway, as he's tripped, but what really is stopping him from like getting through these lines is a number of horrible, dangerous objects falling from the sky, either right onto or right next to him. Oh, literally threatening his life like yeah. second after second as they just continue to roll i think like tuscarini says like cut after each one like take one take two oh, take three it just keeps going and so then after this scene which so again obviously the lead actor is still under attack this movie yes. is still haunted and cursed and after the scene tuscarini is like all right well let's keep filming okay. um the crew takes to the skies because the next scene is going to involve Space Duck, a.k.a. DW, uh-huh. parachuting out of an airplane oh, no. to save this damsel in distress. I do not know what the fuck this damsel in distress has gotten herself into. Yeah. Why she is being saved from Martians, from a burning building, why from... she's dressed as like Marie Antoinette. Yeah, so why she's why? in different like time periods. Yeah, maybe it's like a time trap. Oh, you know, no, I'm not going to go down that road because I, yep, yeah, anyway. I kind of I'm gonna assumed get... that it was, but I guess like. so. Well, yeah, anyways. Mm. Anything goes in Darkwing Duck. Yep, truly. So while, <laughs> while DW is falling out of this plane while attempting the stunts himself, mm-hmm. um, I guess I don't think his parachute opens either that or he's just like very freaked out by it because as he's jumping he's like um are you sure i shouldn't be doing this in tuscarini from like the penguin just kind of like yeah nope go roll roll camera um very quickly though as he is getting ready to hit the ground we see one of the phantoms actually pull like a mattress and like right underneath where dw will fall okay and dw lands on the mattress so we're like wait you want to kill him phantom what and yeah it's a bit confusing but af eric he sees this he's on set still watching yeah and he's like okay that's it there's a phantom just did it and even though the phantom doesn't you know he's actually helping dw in the production in this instance yeah (laughs) it is a bit confusing but af eric he actually kind of like freaks out like you see there is a phantom <laughs> and yes, he's talking he's to gloria swan song he is very stressed and he lets that stress out on gloria oh because he blames her for the phantom ah. he says you see there is a phantom you and your dead husbands this is all your fault another expensive take ruined he literally says that quote for quote Damn. You and your dead husband. I was like, oh, my job. You and your 27 dead husbands. husbands. It's all you. Yeah, your fault. And she's just like taken aback, clearly. Like, what? She's like, I did not murder them. This is actually a lot of trauma in my life. Right. Yeah. I guess so. Ferret's not, and I'm going to call him Ferret now because he's an asshole. Ferret is not, uh, he like doesn't really care about, I guess, whether people are getting injured. He just cares about his scenes getting messed up. That's what it's all about because the scene was messed up when that phantom went on, you know, across camera and dragged a mattress there and yeah, messed it all up. So DW wouldn't die. Great. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, I wanted him to die. (laughs) No, he just didn't want the scene to be ruined and Mm. the phantom ruined the scene technically. So it's Gloria Swansong's dead husband fault aka wow. her fault for really having a dead husband yeah i know okay. his, his short arms can hardly reach that long and <laughs> well, uh, little ferret arms ferrets are so adorable too they in are. real life so i hate that i have to hate this guy but i hate <laughs> this guy 
Um, and so at this point, DW, amazingly not injured whatsoever, mm -hmm. he decides to put an end to this phantom business because he's like, mm -hmm. I know this thing just saved me, but clearly it's messing up the it's messing yeah. up the movie. And this is my big shot. This is my <laughs> my day, my actor debut, my acting it's, debut. It can't ruin it any further. Yes, exactly. And he starts to actually chase after this uh, okay. phantom that just, you know, was on set. But as he closes in, again, Tuscarini kind of intercepts him and is like, no, 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 no. Before you go off doing that, we have to film finish your final movie. scene. <laughs> yeah, it's oh, like, yeah, finish the movie. Yeah, right. I don't know. Whatever. And we'll, we'll see. Well, I'll, I'll flesh this we'll out there. a little bit more. Okay. And yet again, this is another big budget action-packed shot where mm -hmm. uh, I quote Tuscarini almost directly here, the hero must escape from a circus wagon rigged with tons of explosives. Yeah, so now they are at a carnival. <laughs> <laughs> and so hey. DW is a little confused. Great. He's like, wait, why does the set keep changing? Like that is a point, <laughs> you know, a, a kind of like a running gag throughout yeah. the joke. I know I'm explaining it as if this is just like a ridiculous movie, but DW is actually noticing like, this as this well. Film? Yeah, this isn't just like a crazy cartoon. This is like a part of this elaborate uh, criminal scheme that is going on here, okay? Mm. And so Tuscarini, he's explaining this big explosion scene to... DW and he's actually tying him up in rope as he's explaining it. <laughs> okay. And he throws him into this carnival wagon, this like circus wagon, whatever, mm -hmm. and you know, locks the gate or whatever. Oh no. And then he says, and now Darkwing Duck, let us proceed with what shall truly be the final scene for oh, no. you and your friends oh no and the camera pans out and we see lp <gasps> gloria swan song and af Eret all tied up in the circus wagon oh no and dw he's very shocked he's like yeah. oh my god everyone is in here Oh, no. But he's more so shocked because this is supposed to be his, his big scene. <laughs> what are you doing here? This is my scene. I am the AF star. Barrett, LP. Also, LP, where have you even been for the past? Life. Like, however, which that's a whole side plot. I might mention it at the end when yeah. I get through the main story. But yeah, he's like, what the hell? This is my scene. <laughs> but then he soon realizes even more threateningly that, wait a minute. Oh, shit. This is dangerous. We're about to be murdered. Yes, because Tuscarini actually tells them essentially they're about to be murdered. He says, yeah. yes, it is indeed your big scene, DW, your death scene. <laughs> and he begins maniacally laughing. So yes, Tuscarini, he's not the innocent reformed criminal that we all thought he was. More on that in a second. Yeah. Gloria, meanwhile, <clears throat> is in this wagon freaking out. <laughs> So you're not she's like, up for the shit. She's praying to all of her husbands. <laughs> I, I can't remember a lot of their names. They have like very obscure. It's like Fernandez, Vincent, blah, 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 whomever, however you are, please, please spare us. She's like going through all of their names. Amazing. And DW is like, everyone shut up. I'm trying to make sense of what's going on. Like, yeah, Lord, stop freaking out. It's such like an elaborate plot to it get DW. Is. I know you're going to go into it but I'm just I'm, I'm going into it right now Great. so he Great. pieces together all of this stuff and is like holy shit this really was Arturo Tuscarini the entire time but 
what exactly was the plan? Um, and actually, okay, before I, I go through the plan, because it's very funny, uh-huh. Arturo's like, yes, it was indeed me. And I had the help of the phantom and a phantom comes up like next to him Just and he pulls the cloak off. <laughs> it's all he pulls the cloak off of the phantom and it's all the penguins just standing on each other's shoulders. <laughs> That's even better. And it's hilarious because they're like <laughs> wobbling and like they actually like in their eyes, you can see how they're like, oh shit. Oh shit. My fault. This whole time, every time, by the way, you mentioned the penguins, I just think of like adventure time, like Gunther, like the ice king's penguins. Honestly, it kind of is. Like if you were like a little taller and had a red bow tie. Yeah, and just like being like having to just do that all the bumbling. It, that yeah. literally is it. Honestly, that might have been inspiration because that, yeah, they're literally henchmen just like, oh, dude, <laughs> set up this camera. And they all like run over and waddle over and like, and like always look evil until this one oh. moment when they're like super off balance. <laughs> look like okay wait, 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 stop <laughs> it's so oh, funny I love um except for the fact that they're evil but okay, again okay. that adds that adds to their okay, adorableness um so anyway yes yeah, so they were apparently at least one of these phantoms that has have been running around set which a few continuity errors there if you ask me i'm of not course. gonna go into it though the we're, we're not here to talk about the actual like animation or like yeah. any of that. i mean i guess kind of we are but i'm not gonna go into it because yeah. it's still a fun episode yes. whatever so anyway tuscanini's big plan what the hell is going on here what is he doing why is he acting like he's a reformed criminal a criminal criminal <laughs> criminal what is he what is he what are you so Who am why? I? Tuscanini apparently wanted to acquire the land on which this production studio sat. Why, you may ask? Well, because a common theme in these episodes, it's oil rich, of course. Are you kidding me? Oil again. Yes, it is oil. Now, I don't know if this is some sort of play on like the La Brea tar pits or something. <laughs> I'm not sure. I didn't look into it. But yeah. What? And- let me let me get through a couple lines and then I'm gonna take a quick break to let okay. me let's yeah, let's talk about this. Move forward. So <laughs> so with the help of his three penguin henchmen, he planned on tanking the film production through a series of onset accidents and ruining these big budget scenes. And the lawsuits and liability from the accidents, along with all of the money wasted on these big scenes would eventually force AF Eric's production company into bankruptcy, which would allow Tuscanini to swoop in, buy the studio. I don't know where he got money from to buy it, but mm. I guess maybe he's thinking he'll make it like literally worthless, like someone will buy it for anything. I don't mm. know. Um, and then he would thus control the liquid gold underneath. God. So he, you know, yeah, actually we'll pause there before we finish uh, I- <laughs> his attempt. There are scenes, and so you actually find this information out very early in the episode, but Uh, I wanted to wait until the end, because, yeah, I wanted it to be, like, the mystery of, oh, my God, who's behind all of this? And, like, why? But but there are multiple times throughout the actual episode, if you all go Uh and watch it, where he'll do the smallest thing, like, poke a stick in the ground, and oil oil. will just, like, shoot This isn't safe for anything to be yeah, get on out this of land. If the, yeah, literally a stick is doing this. Oh my I think god! There are multiple times throughout the episode where he's like, 
oh, this isn't going how I planned. Darkwing was supposed to be dead by now. Like he was supposed to be killed in scene 30 or whatever. Yeah, like straight up saying he's trying to murder Darkwing. Disney going going all in again. So yeah, so I just wanted to throw that in (laughs) very quickly. Now now that I've explained his big plan, which again is actually (laughs) revealed like, 10 minutes into the actual episode, (laughs) but I wanted to hide the ball for those who have not seen this episode. So going back to this circus wagon where our hero- Oh yeah, I forgot. (laughs) They were also alive. Did you want to say something else before I jump back to that? Yeah. (laughs) Is he working with, is he working for Fowl or is this all solo? So Fowl is not mentioned at all in this episode. Yeah. So this is a solo plot. Mm-hmm. I'm just like he may have worked for Fowl in other episodes. I, got it. I forget, but yeah, this one, this is all all local solo level crime. Yes, I am just so stunned and flabbergasted by like the uh, intricacies of this plan. Yeah, I <laughs> of know. like it's why couldn't he just like offer to buy the land to begin with? I'm sure also doesn't the city or county or state of wherever Saint Canard is know about this don't they have like (laughs) you're asking a lot of great questions grace like there's got to be some like valid there's probably an oil company who already knows that this deposits are there do they have valid existing claims like exactly were there already patents on that land or oil patents from back way back when in the day when like old school western expansion folks has already claimed that someone had to know like it's got to be on a record somewhere right in the county random walrus knows someone else (laughs) knows i've just it's it's a lot it's a lot, a lot of the, questions the, the only thing i'll say the only question that i think i can address of yours is uh-huh. why he wouldn't just offer to buy it as like a normal person uh-huh. he i mean he probably didn't have that much money because he's been uh-huh. in and out of jail all this time so he wanted to definitely like ruin like totally decrease you know, the value get, exactly decrease the value as much as he could for the mm-hmm. studio is that the best way to do it i don't know but i mean that that's the only semi kind of answer that i have for any of those I, questions I think- everything else is totally legitimate my follow-up to that though is clearly Testerini doesn't know how real estate works because in order to buy that someone an appraiser is going to need to come in yeah the appraiser is going to realize it's oil rich all of a sudden the appraisal value is going to skyrocket everyone else is going to hear about this going to be public knowledge everyone's going to swoop in a bidding Mm -hmm. war is going to happen for this land and it's to me wild exactly which yeah I guess that's why he had to infiltrate the film crew himself and like try to do it on the inside i guess yeah it's a cash for sale by owner situation cash deal (sighs) this is complex it is wow okay this 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 is darkwing duck (laughs) (laughs) darkwing duck (laughs) all right let's get back to the almost murder that's about to happen also he's going to cause an explosion on like oil rich land and and yeah and he's fully aware that oil is there so yeah yeah, this is his plan this is his plan tuscanini not the greatest criminal but yeah so let's let's wrap let's wrap yeah we'll do this real quick because i've i've got a few more just a few more lines here okay. but um so yeah we're we're back we see Tuscanini has got them all wrapped up in this carnival circus wagon <laughs> and um he's trying to start the death scene he's got this like big detonator you know the one that you like press the lever down on yeah Good. 
But right as he's getting ready to press down on it, he starts to hear sirens coming from behind him. And he turns around and we see that it is yet another phantom. Another phantom is rushing towards him, like running with the siren noise coming from its mouth. I don't know. Somehow. But yes, but uh, actually I will explain to you how in just one second. (laughs) I I do know how, sorry. (laughs) Here's how. As the phantom is closing in on Tuscarini, the cloak, it's like running and the cloak gets caught on like a lighting rig or something and the cloak comes off and Uh it's Gosselin and Honker. (laughs) Are they on each other's shoulders (laughs) too? Gosselin standing on Honker's shoulders, <laughs> and she's got this like siren megaphone thing that oh. she's like letting off. I don't know; it's <laughs> it's strange, but essentially, well, okay, let me say because this is another backstory to the episode mm-hmm. that I didn't include in this. Real quick, in like two lines, I'll throw it in throughout the episode. I, I said before, Gosselin is very like obsessed with and Honker; they're both obsessed with the Space Duck fan- franchise, uh-huh. and so they're trying to like make sure that the film production doesn't stop because they really want to see the movie come Uh, out and so they're like sneaking into af eric's office like hey like could we help you in any way he's like piss like security get these kids out of here there's like a murder on the list all these kids in here i know and also like aren't you dark wings kid like he's been fucking up this movie you're all banned you're banned And so they also don't want Darkwing to know that they are trying to keep the movie going oh, because yeah. they think he wants it shut down because of just all the stuff happening. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. so they real quick hide, like they put a cloak over them and hide from him because like uh, they almost pass him on set. That's the gist of it. There's a little bit more, but that's the overall gist okay. of what's going on. And so they were actually the ones in the cloak who pulled the mattress <gasps> to oh, save him. So, so oh. I think, yeah. So they're like, it wasn't the penguins like getting a contract? Exactly. <laughs> Which <laughs> randomly out of nowhere, like, wait, no, we'll save him. Yeah, we regret it. Um, okay, that's what I thought. Um, done, but oh, yeah. Okay, that's so that cute. that explains that as well. Got um, it. Yeah, it it was hard to like write that in at the time, so I was like, I'm just gonna do like a two line explainer yeah, of that call. random like B good or setup. C plot to this episode. Yeah. So anyway, though, they try to scare Tuscarini away, but uh, they fuck up and their cloak comes off. And literally showing no mercy for these little children, Tusker Nini ties them up and throws them in the circus wagon oh. with the rest of them to oh. uh, also kill them. So, nice. yeah, Good. he tries to continue on with his plan, but before he can hit the death switch, yet another phantom approaches the set. Another third phantom. Okay. And this one is like doing this weird, like howling noise at the director or at Tuscarini. I don't know why I gave him such authority, whatever. But um, this time, this phantom is actually able to like somehow fight him. And then the next scene, we see Tuscarini is now tied up and roped up in this wagon with everyone else. Okay. But he has like had a full change of heart because he's now like begging DW to save them. Like, please, it's your duty as a hero to save me. Fish, you were Get about me to kill help. me. Sir, <laughs> sir. Ah. This is your fault. Yeah, you put (laughs) your explosives. (laughs) Yeah, these are literally your bombs. Okay. And so the Phantom, though, now 
he's got his hands on the detonator. Oh, so and he's he, still like, I'm still going to murder everyone. Mm-hmm. And so, and so this is not the penguin henchman. So the mystery continues, you all, the mystery continues, <laughs> but I swear I'm almost done too. <laughs> I, I just want answers. Long. <laughs> what is happening? I told you there's so many moving parts here. Truly. And so this is it the new, union behind it all? <laughs> bringing it all together. <laughs> The union is trying to save these workers by hurting them, thus bringing an end to production so no more workers can be hurt in the future. (laughs) They're proving a point. That's how you do it. You got to play from both sides. You got (laughs) to play from both sides. So anyway, this phantom, he's got his hands on the detonator. Uh He's ready to kill this whole big ass group of people now. But before he does that, he decides, eh, what, you know, why not reveal my secrets to this group of folks that's about to die? So he takes the cloak off Uh and we see that it is the security guard who I should have described before. He's a dog, by the way. He's a very large dog with like cute floppy ears, Uh whatever. Yeah. It's the security guard who is the third phantom. (laughs) And it turns out he like pulls off a fake mustache too. Boy, none of us would have recognized. But when he pulls off the fake mustache, Gloria Swan song is like, oh my goodness, it's my first husband, Newt Blimmer. His name is Newt Blimmer. And it's funny because she actually could not remember his name for a minute. She's like, um, it's, um, which one? Is it? um Wait, she also like, didn't Blimmer. recognize him up until then. No, he took the mustache. Oh, cause he was he wearing the mustache the yeah, whole time. He, he had the cute fake mustache. So she had no clue who was underneath. That. <laughs> yeah, literally. Uh, yeah. And so she was like, I thought you were dead after being trampled by lemurs in the Amazon. <laughs> and he's like, Again, with like pure, like Shakespearean, uh-huh. whatever, like, I don't know, dialogue. He's like holding his chest like, I used to be an actor. <laughs> but then he was like angry because after marrying Gloria, he became a faithful house husband, which I mean, I think that's pretty attractive. I would not think that that is right. like something to be ashamed about. Yeah, but it life. also was, yeah, right. But it was the end of his career. So he was very bitter about that. And he decided that his plan would now to get his plan was now to get top billing by killing the leading cast and creators behind the film. So I guess maybe he wants to play Space Duck, this giant dog. I don't know. Um, And he is willing to do it by any means necessary, including killing DW, LP, AF Eric, Gloria, these kids, Tuscarini, like some high profile individuals that he's trying to murder. But while Newt and Gloria are having this exchange of like, what the hell? I thought you were dead. What are you doing? DW is able to like maneuver his gun and their brand guns back nice. even though we've all clearly Great. learned how dangerous they can be yeah he doesn't care he's able to like sneak it from behind him and he shoots this um shoots something out of it it's like a robot thing cool essentially that Great. like comes out of it and as i mentioned before this very oil rich land the robot just like stakes in the ground <laughs> oh no and this oil shoots uh-huh. out and just like blows newt out of the studio oh god um and then they all get out. They all get out. I guess besides Tuscarini and the Penguin Henchman, uh, but everyone else, you know, Gosselin and Honker, all of them, they're safe. 
they're no longer prisoners. And DW is telling Tusker Nini and the Penguins, like, all right, well, this is your last act now. And it's going to be set in the St. Canard prison for the criminally untalented. <laughs> Damn. Which, fair, we called out before, he's not a good criminal. So very yeah. appropriate that he's going here. But as I mentioned in previous episodes, my guess is that this prison is like Arkham. Right. And he will Everyone probably escapes. get out again. Yeah. We'll see Tuscanini one day in the future. Then, uh, yeah, so that, that, is, that is the end of this whirlwind of an episode so did the Um, dog fake his own death all those years ago and for like years like he's been building up to this and then he conveniently happened to be a security guard on a set in which another villain was already trying to murder everyone and he just slipped in also did he kill the 26 other husbands i think that is yeah so he is the first husband who like they don't explain but after <laughs> after watching the episode i was like okay so i guess that newt blimmer is the one who's actually responsible for killing all of those other guys perhaps yeah um and yeah that's like the just so it's not actually the ghost of her first it's ex-husband first it husband. is just her first ex-husband he's a serial killer yeah he came up with that elaborate yeah serial killer over i don't know how many years <sighs> oh god but yeah. he came up with that elaborate plot saying yes i was you know, murdered or I was trampled by which women. also lemurs. I don't think live in the Amazon. Yeah, I don't think so either. And I don't think a stampede of them could kill you. It might yeah. tickle a little. I guess they have talent or like little claws. So yeah. maybe. maybe maybe they do live in the Amazon. They live in Madagascar. You're like playing with yeah, them. This is so cute. Fun. Yeah, my friends. Um, especially because this guy's like a very big, Huge like giant dog. dog. So you're like, no, I don't. Anyway, whatever. So yes, apparently he's had this long thought out plot to just yeah follow Gloria around, killing anyone who she falls in love with, who she marries. Um, and you know, you know, on her part, I guess after 27 times being married, like you're bound, you're bound for your ex-husband to run into like your new boss at some point. Like <laughs> it was only a matter of time until it, one of these film sets was going to have a villain on it essentially. It's Hollywood. It's Hollywood, baby. small town, small town. <laughs> <laughs> Six degrees uh, of separation everywhere. <laughs> let me tell you. Wow. I'm just really caught up about this, the dog plot on mm-hmm. top of all, on top of everything else. Cause like, yeah. All those years ago, hadn't he just heard of divorce? <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, yeah, it's yeah, you did not have to fake your death and all of that. You could have just yeah. I, I think it was though because mm, all right, we're gonna do a little character profile. And because right. I could have written this episode too, as like psychoanalyzing Newt Blimmer. I'm but just now so, I'm yeah, I'm stuck. You just on made it. me realize here, here's what I'm going to kind of off the cuff. Let's hear it. Uh, this is my theory. Wild speculation time. Wild, wild speculation. We're bringing it into DW. Uh-huh. He he was upset because he was a house husband. So he knew that if he tried to enter back into the field of acting, you know, he was kind of washed up. He had been off mm. the set, off stage for uh, several years. I don't know if they had kids, but let's let's pretend maybe they had a couple kids and he uh-huh. had started to get a little bit of a dad bod. Uh-huh. He couldn't quite keep up with, you know, the Hollywood elite going yeah. to the gym, all that, because he was taking care of everything around the house. Mm-hmm. And so he knew that if there was a divorce, he probably wouldn't be able to get any work really mm-hmm. afterwards. Maybe she now made then, a prenup too, so he wouldn't s- get anything. Exactly. Money. Now, okay, I'm going to... T- 
no, you know, I won't do this. Never mind. I want to, I was going to like draw in some legal stuff, but I'm not gonna do it. it's <laughs> about wills and stuff in LA. The laws are very different. Well, I was even going to say California. like, it's not like he got his own life insurance money. Like she would yeah. have gotten it probably. Yeah, exactly. True. So, uh, so he was penniless anyways, after faking his own death, probably still not a very well thought out plan, which is why he, you know, was driven into a life of crime because so. he's like, well, I have no other way to make money. But I saw murder 26 or murdering murders. people, maybe like maybe rob their shit. I don't I don't know. But the big <laughs> thing, though, is that he knew he wouldn't get work if he just simply divorced her. Also, I mentioned earlier, she has a lot of clout in the industry, like because uh, of how so demanding now. she is and everything around set. Like oh. Literally, the only reason she had to be hired or casted in that role is because she's so popular and because she has so much clout mm. in Hollywood or showbiz, wherever they Got are. It. So maybe she was like also telling people, or he thought that she would tell people not to hire him. If they oh, had gotten divorced, it would be get blacklisted. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like some actual real world examples of this. I won't go into that. I mean, whatever. yeah, but yeah, showbiz, it's, babe, it's, it's showbiz. It happens. So he was like, well, if I die, then she can't like blacklist me. And then I also, again, there's the life insurance policy that is at issue. Mm-hmm. He did not think that through. But yeah. yeah, that's that's my only, that's the most wild speculation I can do. I'm exhausted now. After that. <laughs> <laughs> Truly. Kills me. That one was a journey and a fucking mm-hmm. half. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, thank you. So like I said, wild ride. One. I, I did my best. It was crazy. Disney was, was all job. over the place with it. But like I said, unfortunately, they were kind of uh, hinting at some very near future events that would happen. Yeah. It's it is sad. It is sad that, you know, those things do happen mm-hmm. in real life on film sets. Yeah. But um, I'm glad that Darkwing Duck was able to make an investigation out of it. <laughs> Kids probably learned at a very young age from watching this episode how dangerous a film set can be. Indeed. And I guess the final lesson I will say is that, you know, make sure you're thanking your ushers, you're thanking, yes. or at least like when you're watching movies and stuff, like think about the boom operators, think yeah. about the camera crew, think about, you know, the people who do the lighting rigs and all mm-hmm. that. Like, it's not just the actors and the directors and the main producers that are behind these things. A lot of work goes into these shows and these movies and really just try to appreciate all of them and make sure like look into who they are, at least, you know, the companies that do it because like, yeah, the credits are there. If you're like me and watch Marvel movies, like you stay till the end of the credits, Mm. you see all of that stuff. So just little shout out to them. Appreciate them. They are often in dangerous situations and we appreciate the work that they, that they do. Yeah. Wow, but great job. Anyway, I'm done. No more. It's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> wow, good work. Uh, I think that's Thank a you. good transition into um, uh, how folks can spread the word this week. Um, yes. You know, as things are opening back up and stuff, if you are going to the theater, I know we did the movies the other week, but mm-hmm. this week, yeah, going fully to the theater. Um, yeah, you should tell the ushers who help you find your seats um, yeah. about Saturday morning mysteries. Oh, you sure. know, they probably have, they have to arrive early again. Folks are working long hours. Um, yeah, just let them know mm-hmm. as they take you to your seats. Thank them. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, be like, hey, by the way, Saturday morning mysteries. 
and whisper because you're classy whisper, in a theater yeah because the movie will be going yeah. yeah um okay so on that not not if you're going to the theater but instead on the whole hollywood showbiz theme mm-hmm. um just like in your favorite actor or celebrities like comments on instagram <laughs> just like leave a comment saying oh my god i love this picture also watch at sat more and miss yes in the comment i mean who knows who will be scrolling by and will click on it so just yeah tag us in the comments or on twitter i guess if it's instagram twitter or on a youtube video of theirs just any of your favorite uh actor actresses social media pages just drop a little comment telling them or whomever to watch sat more and missed yeah spread the word Um, let folks know and uh we'll see you next week Bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to Saturday Morning Mysteries. If you enjoyed this episode, please share, rate, review, leave us a like, and drop a comment. We post episodes every Saturday and bonus tune tangents whenever we feel like it. So please subscribe so you don't miss the shenanigans. And if you want to follow us on YouTube, click the bell under the YouTube subscribe button to receive notifications when new videos are posted. And if you want to subscribe to the podcast, we have no idea what you're listening to us on. So just hit the big subscribe button on whatever app you're using. We we believe in you. Give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at Mist, all the abreeds. And let us know if you have any episode or show requests by emailing SaturdayMorningMysteries at gmail.com. Thanks to Jenna Kendall for the logo design and to Ava Sakiki for the music used during this week's episode. See y'all groovy kids next week on Saturday Morning Mysteries.